Okay, today's daf, we learned daf nun chet. We finished the parak as well, Metz Hashem. And the, uh, the, if you recall, the Mishnah was discussing what happens if there was a chatzer that had a, um, like, we, we said there was nifratzam shteirokotav, or, or we have a mavoy in the Koran, the lechi fall down. And Rabbi Yudas says, look, it's okay for this Shabbos, chol b'hutra hutra, but for the next Shabbos, you'd have to fix it. And Rabbi Yossi actually said, imoturim b'to Shabbat mutrem latid lavo, imatsurim latid lavo, asurim b'to Shabbat. He says, look, you got a mashveh mototecha. Meaning, if it's mutar now, it should be mutar for next week. If it's not mutar for now, if it's not mutar for next week, it should be asur now as well. So the question is, what's Reb Yossi's position? Is he saying, like, which side is he taking? Is he saying it should be asur now because it's asur in the future? Or is he saying, since it's mutar now, based on, I guess, the original construction, it was mutar, and you're saying a hoil, it should be mutar for the next Shabbos as well. So that's why the Gemara now says, this is just finishing off now the previous, going over the, uh, the, the daf, it says, Rav, 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 Rav Yochanan Amri, Asu bein bein that really, what Rabbi Yossi is saying is, it should be asu for both. Because it's not going to be sufficient for the next Shabbos, you can't rely on a hill now the mechitzot are gone. So therefore, it should be asu this Shabbos as well. So based on that, Amr Rabbi Yochanan says, Kosh kusha, maybe it's actually Kosh is the Mishnah, the Kiruya, Umavoy, Veger, Ba'ama Aretz. These are a number of Mishnayot, as which we'll see in a moment. All of them, the, there's one Tan who makes the argument that says, in a sim, similar style as Rabbi Yossi and our Mishnah. And the question, are they being machmir or are they being mekil? So in all these situations, Rabbi Yochanan says they're being chamarim, meaning they're being machmir. So let's have a look at the cases. The first is that of kosht, which is the taninan kosht vehachemes. Um, now these are types of spices. Chemes might be ginger or cinnamon. Well, Roshay besamim are the spices. Atil vechilted is just somewhat spicy, uh, um, spices, or pilpilis pepper, which is like a wild saffron. Now, all these things you don't eat on their own. They're used to spice up foods. So therefore, the first Tana says, this is, this is Rebbe Akiva, he's in the Kesa Masashen, you can use Masasheni to buy it, however, not considered food themselves. In other words, because they're used to spice up food, well, they're considered, you can use Masasheni money to buy it, but they themselves aren't food because you don't eat them on their own. <clears throat> However, here what happens? Amrav Yochanan ben Nuri says, "Im nilkachem bekesef meiser mipnama ein matamin tomat ochlim vim ein matamin tomat ochlim afhen loikchulu kesef meiser." So you see the same style argument Rabbi Yossi made in our Mishnah. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri is making when it comes to these various spices. He says, "Look, if you, they're not matamin tomat ochlim, then how can you use master sheni money to buy it? You can only buy things that are ready to eat as they are." And, and, but if they, you can use Master Shani to buy it, then they should be considered Ochel. So once again, but we've got a suffix, what is Rabbi Yochanan, what's Rabbi Yochanan's, Ben Nuri's true position? Is it that they're not considered Ochel and you can't use it to buy Master Shani, or you can use Master Shani money to buy it, and therefore they are Ochel? What's the way around? So one, once again, Rabbi Yochanan, in this situation, this is the first case of the list he brought, this case of Kosh. Rabbi Yochanan says, Chamarim, they are chamarim, metamit tumat ochlim, the ain nekachem, which should be probably, should be ain metamit tumat ochlim, the ain nekachem, the kesef maiser. That's the way Reb Chaim explains it. Um, he, he says, um, where is it? Yeah. In other words, the sphere like kesef maaser sheni nami ainu kachem el ochel kamochu, aval tavlinim shura ui le tabel to ochel lo. Right? Um, so this is, it says, Afzuch, sorry, uh, there's part I want to read. Anyway, I just missed lots of place. Fainu da'am Rabbi Yochanan, Afzuch ha'mrizan she'ein metametum adoklim. So Rokhain clearly says, ein metametum is mashve mirotav. Even though in front of you got metametum adoklim. That's what I want to show you. It says, in other words, it's not considered food. 
Therefore, the Khumra side is you can't use Master Shani money to buy it. Remember, sorry, Rigjigamari, Master Shani is the second type that again, you can redeem its Kudushan to money, take the Kudushan and buy food. So once again, he says, well, it's not considered food, it's not Matamatamachim, and therefore you can't use Master Shani money to buy it. That's case number one. The next one is Kiruya. Now, Kiruya is like a pumpkin. So, Datani now, Kiruya, Shit Biluba Maim, Shen Ruin Lakadesh, Mekadshim Ba Ajatitame. Nitma in Mekadshimba. What are we referring to? We're talking about Kirush Mechatat. Kirush Mechatat. So what this means is, is what they would do if someone was Tamemet, was we know they needed the Paroduma to make them Tahar. What did that involve? You take the Paroduma, they shepherd, they burnt it, they got the ashes, and they placed that ashes onto spring water. It was the spring water, well, only a little, little bit of ashes were placed on spring water, but it was that spring water that was used to Matara person, or sprinkle the person on the third and seventh day. Okay. So what it's saying is what they would do, Bishu Ma'alat Khatat, meaning there was in the production of Mechatat and also production of this afer, the ashes from there were a lot of humras that were involved. So even if it was a tahar kli, they would have to immerse it, matar it for the purpose, for the purpose of Mechatat. So what the Gemara Mishnah says, if they took this pumpkin and they immersed it in water that wasn't ra'ui for producing Mechatat. So in other words, a mikvah and not natural spring water. Then you could wait for it to dry out and then use it for Kirush Mechatat. So then you could fill it with spring water and then place ashes upon it. Um, however, if it became Tameh originally, that Kiruya, this pumpkin, and then you immersed it, make a tower and pulled it out, then you wouldn't be able to use it. Now, what's the difference is? The difference is we're more Machmir according to the Tanakama, if it was Tameh, that maybe some of the absorbed Tameh water might come out. Okay? So here... Um, it says, however, and then it's just to add, uh, and then it says, and Rabbi Yoshua says, um, it says, um, it says, he says, I don't understand. Let's be consistent. If you're concerned about water coming out when it is Tamer and we became Tahor, then also be concerned in the beginning if you use water, when it was immersed in water, like normal mikvah water, that you're not allowed to use to produce mechatat. Also be concerned that that absorbed amount of the walls would also come out. In other words, be consistent. Is if Are you concerned that the absorbed water will come out or not? If you are, then it shouldn't matter if it was water that was, if it was, if it was tamer originally or not. You should be concerned that the mikvah water will come out and present a problem. And if you're not concerned, then even if it was tamer immersed in a mikvah, you should be concerned that the water will come out. And it says, we're adding here, I'm not sure if you have all this, this is in square brackets for me. It says, irrespective of whether it was time or time originally, when you're talking about collecting already um, produced mechatat. So in other words, it was already produced mechatat and you want to store it and transfer it and distribute it in particular ways. Everyone agrees you can't use this kiruya. But let's go back to the Shittu Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua says, be consistent. Once again, what does he mean, be consistent? Is he saying we're not concerned in both cases for the absorbed water coming out? Or is he saying we are concerned in both cases going out? Is it being mekel or machmir? Once again, Rabbi Yochanan says, this is case number two, chamare, chumrim, in a chumra, meaning, okay, you can't use it in both situations. Okay, um, fine. Uh, one second. In other words, the chumra who amar v'yavashua, disfile e'en mekadshiba lo betchila basso. Um, now, I just want to read the, um, yeah, fine. And again, what's the last of Tchila? Sorry, I'll go back. Whether it was Rabbi Shua said the Imakachim Betchila, meaning it's Vila Imakachim Ba, um, 
meaning if sorry, I missed the betchila perish kodem shetitama before it became tamid. The law kapid amayim she enum lekadesh, and we're not makbid on the fact that we use the mikvah word apasofi kadesh. So betchila and sof that lashon is whether it became tamid or not prior to you immersing in the, a regular mikvah water. In other words, his mashmi mudotav. We're always concerned that absorbed water will come out. Okay, what's case number three? That's the case of a mavoi, datanin and taman, that we learned in our Mishnah, even though it's taman is there, must be like a, a copied section, if you like. V'chen mavoi shenit lakorato, that's our Mishnah. A mavoi that the Korah falls down, we said, according to Rabbi Yehud, it's mutah for this Shabbos, but not the next Shabbos. And, but Rabbi Yossi says that actually, you've got a mashven miyototecha, you know, that if it's mutah for this Shabbos, should be mutah for the next Shabbos. If it's asal for next Shabbos, should be asal for this Shabbos. Once again, like we said above, Rabbi Yochanan says, chumarim will be machmir, asurim ben Seder. Meaning, Mahmir, it's to be asked immediately, even on this Shabbos. What's the case of a ger? This is case number four, I believe. Yes. It says, Datani ger shnit kayer, yainot. If you've got a, someone, a ger that converted, and he had wine in his possession. Now, the thing with wine is we know wine that's in possession of a ger, you have to be concerned that's the Nesach, and a Jew can't drink from it. But he, this is someone who converted, and he has wine in his own possession. But Amari says, look, I'm so clear. This wine I produced, it was under my care the entire time. No one else touched it. And I know, you know, maybe he was in the process of going through the conversions. But Amari, Barili, it's clear to me, I know for sure it was never used for Nisuch HaMayim. So it says, If we say, in a time where it was completely under his control and no one else had a hand in it. We say they are, even though you've got Lashon of Tahurim, it's not Ishni Tara to Mantara. Chaim says here you have to read it as Mutarim, that's Lashon of the Tosefer, he says. Vimutar, meaning we can rely on the fact that it was, that his, his own testimony, if you like, his own experience when he was a Goy to say, yeah, it's fine, I know this wine's okay. But importantly, the Mishnah says it's Mutarim lo utmeimim asurim laachirim. Meaning we let him drink the wine, but you can't give it to anybody else. Because with respect to everybody else, this is wine that was in the possession of a goy. And we know that's a wine is Asu Mishom, the Xero, or concerned Mishom Ma'inesach. However, if other goyim were involved in the production of wine, then it won't help them. Then we have to say, Tzmeim, Bein Lo, Bein Lachrim, that will be even Asu for this goy. So interesting, though, we have one point of distinction. Meaning if it was completely under his control, while he was still a goy, before conversion, the Mishnah said initially, it's Torim law, it's okay for him to drink, but not anybody else. Rabbi Kiva always says, no, Torim law, you Torim lachirim, imtamim lachirim, you Torim law. Once again, we have the same type of argument. If you're saying it's not Yain Nesach, why is it only Mutai to him? Let it be Mutai to everybody. And if it's also to other people, other Jews, then, you know, Gershit Gerak, like a Tinoch Shalon Adam, he's like a new person, so it should be also to him as well. So Rabbi Yochanan says, no, look, so how do we understand Rabbi Kiva is being machmir or mekil? So Rabbi Yochanan says, l'churmrim, t'meim bein lo, bein l'achrim, meaning it's asur, this ger, nit ger, even he says, I know with certainty it wasn't an nesach, it's fine. We say, part of your conversion, I'm sorry, you have to clear out your house of all that wine. Meaning not just asur to everybody else, it's also asur to you as well. Okay, next case in that list, <coughs> and it's the final one, I believe, says, ama'aretz. What's the case of ama'aretz? The tiny ama'aretz nit manaliot chaver. Now, Amaretz, we know, we, we have, to, they're not, they're not so educated in the laws of not just Tumas Amaisa, but also we talked about Tumantara as well. And there's certain Xerot that apply to the, the, the property of, of Amaretz that we're conscious that have Tamit. Now, the question is, Vayula Tarot. So this, this, um, Amaretz went through the process of becoming a Chaver. And we discussed in the past how one, how one does that. It says, Vayula Tarot, and he has Tarot in his house. 
Barali says, I know with certainty that all this stuff was done b'tarah. Now it says, Ben Mazen, and I say, Agabe Atzmoy, if it was only one involved in the production or the use of these, all these tarot, trumot, and things like that, we say, tarot, law, then it's okay for him, but not for anybody else. Uh, however, if other people are involved, are they amaretz? Well, he can't be shomer on them, so therefore we say, Tmein, Ben Lol, Ben Lacherim. Once again, Rabbi Kiba comes along and says, one second, I don't understand. If that you say we can rely on this, this now Chaver's testimony about what he was doing when he was an Amaris to say that it's Tahor for him, then there should be Tahor for everybody else as well. Tahor Lacherim. Im Tamim Lacherim is Tamar for other people, then within Tamar law, should be Tamar also, there should be Tamar for him. So Rabbi Yochanan says, this is the final case. What does Rabbi Kiva mean? Is he being Machmir or Meikil? He's saying that Rabbi, when, when Rabbi Kiva is actually being Chomrim, being Machmir. They actually say that Tamar law, Bain law, Bain Lacherim. So he'd literally have to matar everything in his house as he makes this transition from being an Aretz to being defined as a Chaver. Okay, next the next Mishnah. If you sort of bridge a top floor over two houses, and you see these, you know, on the hills in Beit Shemesh, you can see these fancy uh, apartment blocks that look like these arches, kind of. I think in Morin, on, the, on one of the hilltop, you can see it as well. Um, so the, the question is, so or a bridge, that, you know, the, the traffic can go straight underneath it. This is a machluk we've seen quite a few times in this Masechta. And finally, we see the Mishnah that discusses it in full. That's opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says you can carry underneath it. Why? Because as you've, we've seen previously, he says, The roof or the top of the bridge, the aliyah, the edges of it, we can say as if it runs down. So we've got two existing walls. Well, that's an assumption at this stage. And the pitikra works on two sides. However, Chachamim Osrim, Chachamim say, no, you cannot. You cannot carry underneath it. Why? Because Chachamim only allow Pitikra Yored Vasoten if there are three existing Mechitzot. In other words, yes, Pitikra Yored Vasoten helps me for the fourth Mechitzah, but not to create two Mechitzot. That's a debate we've seen. V'od Amar Rabbi Osrim. So this, as we've discussed already from the beginning of the is when can you make this shit of Mavoy? So according to Chachamim, it's only if there's a mavoi satum, a dead end mavoi, but not a mafulash, not one that's open at both ends. However, Rabbi Yehuda says it works. Now the question is, why is that? Rechaim brings two explanations to Mishnah. One is Mishum either because he holds that two mechitzot on its own is already considered a rishosiyachit on a deraita level. So I, so it's not a problem for me to make my heker like uh, on either side to satisfy the requirement of the Chachamim in order to, in order for me to require either Lechi Kora Mikan and Lechi Kora Mikan. However, another understanding is that actually, no, he understands the function of this Lechi differently. Meaning, that the Levi Lechi is not just a, a heker, like a simply a reminder that this Rishub is different to Rabim like we discussed previously, also a kore, but rather he understands it actually functions like a mechitza. So therefore, once you put them at either end, you've actually got a closed off area that's closed off by four walls, and that's why this mavoy, mefulash, it would work. Okay? So, uh, so um, and what about the kore? You know, with a lechi it works, but a kore might work because he, he can rely on, once again, a pitikra, your besotem, to see a lot of at either end. So a lechi mishu mechitza, and, a, and a, the kore, the cross beam, Assuming it's wide enough, you can say Pitikra Yerub Sotem would seal it off. So that's two ways to understand Rabbi, why Rabbi Huda says in a Maboy Mufula, she can make a shit of Maboy. Either because it's already Shtem Mechitzos Doraisa, or the Lechi and the Kora themselves seal off by, by, by acting as Mechitzos themselves. Okay, fine. Let's look at the Gemara. Ravuna Mar Enushus Rabbi Mekora. Now, what's this 
what's this idea of Enrushutamekorah? We discussed this previously. And that is, even though you might have a, a, a highway, a big space or areas like that, as soon as there's a roof over it, it doesn't have a Dinrushutamekorah Doraita. Okay? It might be asked for you to carry in those spaces, but it's not a Rishusarabim Doraita. So in other words, for example, someone threw from Rishusarabim into that space or put something into that area, he wouldn't be chayv to bring a korban or be chayv mitzvah if he did deliberately. Okay? So Amr of Rishumon Bar Kasana, where do we learn this from? It says, You learn this from the Midbar. Because the whole din of Rishusarabim went from Midbar or Midbar or and was the Midbar, were there roofs in the, in the Midbar? No. So we understand that the, the definition of Rishusarabim is a space that is open, if you like, a highway, if you like, a, a place where there's 600,000 people walking that is, um, that is open. Now the Gemara says, one second, the mission doesn't say that. Elet says, We just said that a gesher is mufulash, while Rabbi Yehuda says you can write pirtikri or vosotem, Chachamim say no, when you said you're not allowed to carry under that space. The assumption is this is a rabbin that's running under this bridge, and you've got a bridge or like a house that's, you know, going over the top of Rosh Hashanah, like a floor. And Chachamim says, you're not allowed to carry that. So it must, it must, the assumption at this stage, when it says Asurim, it means Asuduraisa. And therefore, it's considered Rosh Hashanah. Gemara says, nobody talking about. Osrim. You have to appreciate the Lashon Mishnah when something says Asur, it usually means Asur, like Midarabanan. Who, Chayev Chatat, it doesn't say Chayev. Chayev Chatat means Chayev Chatat Ainkan. So yes, I have to say it's asu to go in that space, but it doesn't mean that it has a dindoraita. As we explained, I think it was in last year, we said Chachamim say that yes, it's it, you can't carry that because you can't rely on pietikorita besotem, but because it's mekora, it doesn't have a dinrushus arabim deoraita. Okay, now the Gemara asks, Ma'ushietzarich Now this is a very interesting position. We're trying to understand the shita of the of Rabbi Yehuda. Meaning when he says Gesharim Mufulashim or Aliyah Muful that that it's you can rely on Pitik or Yorbesotem, is that because there are already two existing Mechitzot there, or even without two existing Mechitzot? Now I'm not sure how in a Geshe you might have not two existing Mechitzot on the side. It could be that it's completely arched, so there there's no Mechitza. If you don't say, you know, Hokakim Lashanim, I'm not sure that I haven't seen anyone discuss this. Or maybe there's a gap in the bridge, like it's propped up by four pieces, and you know, and there's sort of spaces in the bridge. So that the area of the bridge, if you like, doesn't have four walls around it. So the question is, I'll read you Reb Chaim in more details. It says, gavna, this is in the middle of Yehuda, when it's got proper walls, is it because, is it because in the case, let's say a normal classic bridge that has two walls, nice bridge on the two walls on either side and the surface over the top of it for the, you know, the, the, the traffic to go over the top. Do we say the Reb Yehuda says, oh, in that case, it's considered like Rosh Yachid. Because why? Because two walls makes it a Rosh Yachid de Oraita. And that's why I can rely on P.T. Kareem of both sides. Or maybe, uh, and so, sorry, I should say, Aval below, this way, Mechitz de Oraita. And then, by the way, you probably then wouldn't even need the P.T. Kareem because it's already a Rosh Yachid de Oraita. Aval below Mechitzo. If it didn't have that P.T. Kareem Mechitzo, it's not enough. And then maybe Rabbi Yehuda holds, however, if it was, you need a pitikra, you're already percent on all four sides, he would disagree. Or Dilma, maybe Rabbi Yehuda is so makil that he says, I can form all my mechitzot with pitikra and pasotem. Just imagine like a, um, a, a, like a uh, pagola or something that's freestanding, not connected to a house, and it's open on all four sides. Now it's afilu below mechitzot. Now means halzim tachem. This verily Rabbi Yehuda pitikra v'svem v'tem afilu b'dala mechitzot. That's a question. 
The question is, does Ruby Huda say the Pitya Grove Seven Ten because I've got two existing walls, like in the case of the bridge, or maybe it's even without any walls altogether, and I rely on Pitya Grove Seven Ten on all sides? What's his shita? So here you probably have to read as Rav Ba, not Rava. Rav Ba Amar or Rabbi Ba Amar. He says no Tsarich Mechitza. You need two. And Rabbi Yossi says no Tsarich Mechitza. You can even rely on all particular for all four walls. So it's a machlok at Amoraim. So Amru Chavraya Kamei Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Chavraya the Chatamidim said before Rabbi Yossi. You Amar Rabbi Ba. It seems that Rabbi Ba seems to make sense. Jetanin and as it says Am Rabbi Huda Loti Yamechitza Gvoa Mikotel Shebeneihem. Now, this is interesting how this proof is. And it seems that Reb Chaim says this is a little bit difficult to understand based on other things we said in the past. So I'll read Reb Chaim inside. He says, firstly, you know, read the whole thing inside. Actually, I'll, I'll skip a bit. If you recall, we were talking about the case um, where there was a bore in between two chatzirot. And there was a debate whether you need a fence inside the bore itself to divide between the two. So people, the, each side of the, each of the chatzirot can draw water from it. How deep it has to be or not. And Reb Yehuda was of the opinion that actually you don't need any fence Within the bore, you can simply rely on the fence that's running across the top of it. Okay, that was Shita Rebbe Yehuda. Um, fine. Now, that's a little bit of Rebbe in the middle of that. You need a kotel. But if there's no kotel, it might be that there's a cover for it. Through it, you would hang the dli, the bucket. Okay. And maybe we should say that the Korah should be the Mechitza. And shouldn't it be enough that Pitikra would rely, you have this Pitikra to run down. And so why do I need the fence across the top? So, sorry, I mumbled that a bit, so I'll explain it outside. In other words, you see in Rabbi Huda, you need the, you, Rabbi Huda's argument was, I don't need any Mechitza inside the bar. I can rely on the Mechitza on top of it. The, the, what the Gemara is working with here, which you're going to have to work, uh, try and understand in a moment, is that at least Rabbi Huda requires a fence across the top. But a Korah wouldn't be sufficient. So you see that he needs at least two Mechitzot. So, You can't rely on Pitikrasotem. But the Reb Chaim says this whole thing was really difficult to understand. But we see, according to Chachamim, when you've got Gimel Mechitzot, even Rav Chachamim Modeh, Darmina Pitikra. This is what we said previously, that as soon as you've got three mechitzot, even Chachamim agree that Piyotikra works. Bahatam, and there we've already got mechitzot around the chatzer. Ika mechitzot lechatzer. As we said previously, the Chachamim would agree, but in Sarich el lachutz, and the only reason why we're using this korah, this plank of wood across the bro, was to simply make a division between the two chatzerot, not to create mechitzot. It was like a, as he, he explains, lechutz um, is expression. Even the would agree that works. And that's how we explained the sugar we learned previously, if you recall. And it says, We even learned that there's sham, sham tikra, if there was a beam across the top of it, then, or a roofing on top of it, we said it would work. The Kain Zeikshir, that's what Tosser also asks in Eruvin, if you recall, and that was a discussion, we said that even Chachamim agreed that if there's a plank across, that, that if you're not relying on Pitikriyotem to create Mechitzot just to make Lachutz, that it would, everyone agrees Pitikriyotem. So it's a bit hard to understand what the, what the Gemara's proof is here. But in any event, the Gemara says, um, he, he says as follows. Amr Alun, he says, no, Taman, meaning here in our Mishnah, Shiyasham Tikra. Don't bring a proof. Our case, it might be that it's because in our case, we have a Tikra. And Rebbe Yehuda would hold that, um, that, that really Pitikra works in all circumstances, even if you need four sides. Um, however, that's why, that's why Interich Mechitza. 
Abal hacha, that case with the with the boar says she sham tikra tzrich mechitza. It's there in that case. It could be that simply it didn't have a korah or didn't have a tikra over the top of it, from which they would hang the buckets to lower it down. And that's why you need the that's why you need the mechitza. But don't say that you you need a mechitza because a tikra wouldn't work. If you had a tikra in that case, like we said in the Gemara, going back to the question of Rechaim, then it would work. In other words, so what do we get to here? It's not clear yet um, whether Rabbi Huda holds the Pitikri of Sotem because you've got two existing walls, and he, which he defines as Rushad Yachid Doraita, or whether he would even allow it in, to, to uh, sorry, you could, he would even allow you to rely on Pitikri of Sotem to create all four walls. Okay, let's continue. Now it says the Amar of Yehud and Rechaim says it's a new inyan. When we say that if it's open on both sides, it works, that is if it's mufushal lebika. Meaning, Rebbe Chaim says, Hadatamar Rebbe Yehuda says, Peter Gerida Basotem. That's when this, it's the, the, the area underneath the bridge is leading to a bika, like a, um, a, a open area, like uh, uh, that is uh, not defined, it's not a thoroughfare. Uh, because it's not such a big passage, not a thoroughfare to go underneath this bridge, that's why the passage of the people isn't going to what's called mevatel mechitzot. Because it's possible that even you want to say it luckily can be defined as a mechitzot, as soon as you have a, it's actually a thoroughfare of people that would ruin the case of mechitzot. Because some people going underneath that this imaginary mechitzot doesn't work anymore. Um, so in other words, that assumption is when does Rabbi Huda say this? The area in the Gesher is considered shusiyachid based on Peter Gerizotem. That's when. It's not really such a thoroughfare. However, then we say it's asur. If it's mufulash to rushu rabim, so rushu rabim is even. We saw we still discussed previously if it means it goes straight through it, or it's like a t, like an eye junction that it's on either side of it. We discussed that in the past. But as soon as that happens, rabim bokimbo, uh, then it would be uh, then it would be asur. Even Rabbi Yehuda would agree that you can't rely on pt then. However, the Gemara then adds that's b'she'en shamechitza. Um, Reader Chaimi says. That's When do I say, now this comes back to a whole debate whether Rabbi Huda says it works because there are two existing mechitzot in the side of the, of the Gesher. Okay? So he says, when do we say that the Rishasarabim are being on, like, the, this Gesher opening up to Rishasarabim doesn't work? That's when there's no mechitzot under the Gesher. So I assume, I'm assuming that it's talking about sort of like curved like an arch in a way that you have no real mechitzot on the side of it. Why? Because then, because then Tachat the Gesham have Rishus Rabbi Midvar Torah, Reb Chaim explains, which is interesting because we said if it's Mokra, it's not Midvar Torah, but leave that aside. However, Avim Yesham Mechitza. However, if there is a Mechitza there, meaning then, meaning underneath the bridge, you've got two Mechitza on the other side, proper Mechitza, then Sverle, then Rabbi, since Rabbi Huru would hold that to Rishus Yachid the Oraita. Then you could be able to take a sotem, even if it's rabim aroni the like it opens up to shusa rabim. The chaim says, "Really, you would have shusa yachim midavar Torah." Hilchach mahani pitikar yored. I feel him mufulashim shusa rabim, even if it opens up straight into shusa rabim. Okay. So, in other words, this whole chiluk of we have to be concerned what type of geshe we're dealing with in terms of what it opens up onto. If it's opening up to bika or shusa rabim, depends on the nature of the bridge itself. Meaning, if it's a bridge that has two walls, and I don't care what it opens up, uh, opens up, I do, because Rosh Hashanah according to Yehuda. However, if it doesn't have two walls, I mean, two halachic walls, then it would make a difference if it's open, uh, opening up to a bika, or it's opening up onto a Rosh Hashanah. With that, we say, Hadranlach perakol gagot, ayir, sorry, Hadranlach perakol gagot, ayir, Hadranlach perakol gagot, ayir. And now, we begin the, the final perak.
This is now the tenth parak. Someone finds filin, it's on Shabbos, and what does she do? He should bring them in zugzu, a pair at a time, meaning yad and rosh, because he doesn't want to leave them there. And he's lovesho time, he's able to wear them in a way that is considered like it's not considered carrying on Shabbos to salvage these tefillin. However, Rabban Gamliel says actually you can do two sets at a time. We'll explain how that works. Omer, he says shnaim shnaim. When we have to be concerned for the Kedusha Tzfilin, that's Bishanot, when they're considered old ones. Meaning, you can see that, Rebchaim says, you can see the Kesher is on Kilchato. And therefore, there's a Chezka Kashrus, and that's Kedusha. However, if they're new, they're not. Why Shema? The Rebchaim says, Shema in Kesherot, in Men Kedusha. You don't know if they're really Tzfilin yet. You don't know if it's got Kedusha yet. And therefore, you can't, you can't, That's interesting, you're not really Mechalil Shabbos for it, being, it sounds like you're not, um, because he said you do a Derek Levisha. However, we're not concerned to even do this um, lenient way of bringing Tfilin in to, uh, for the sake of these things that might not even have Kudushur at all. Okay. Then it says Matzah time or Krichot, where if you find huge amounts, then, and then, such that if you were going to keep going back and forwards, you'd keep going till the end of Shabbos. Then Machshich Aleim Omevian, you simply wait till their top Shabbos to Shomalav and then bring them home. However, if it's going to be a danger to your life, it's dangerous there, Mishimulistim and things like that. I think that's one explanation. Then we say that um, then you didn't cover them over and leave them there. Okay, there's a lot to discuss in the Mishnah, as we'll see, as we'll see in the Gemara. Let's continue. Now, in other words, when the Chachamim say you take them Zugzug, it means Derech Malbush. You do it pair at a time, meaning as you would wear them. Echad barosho, one on the head, and echad bezeroa, and one on the arm. And Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says shnaim shnaim, meaning shnaim barosh, shnaim zerah. There's a place on the head for two sets of tefillin. As you can see, some people who actually wear two tefillin at the same time have these small ones, and two on the arm. Okay. The actual debate we'll see in the Gemara, but before actually understanding what's behind the debate, we have to introduce this, have to open up this discussion of what zman tefillin is. And you'll see why soon. Let's continue. So Rabbi Aval says, Rabbi Lazar, I'm not ten tefillin b'layla over ba'aseh. If someone's tefillin on at night time, they're over an aseh. Shinemar v'shamartim et achukah hazot miyamim miyamim. Meaning, there seems to be an isur aseh. You can only, you cannot put on. You can only, you can only put on tefillin miyamim miyamim. So what is yamim miyamim? Yamim v'lo leilot. That refers to days and not nights. Yamima, Reb Chaim says, you got to add means prat la shabbatot yom tamim. So yamim. It says Yamim Yamima. Yamim is daytime, not nighttime. And in Yamima, that double ashon also comes to exclude, if you like, Shabbat and Yom Tov. Okay, um, let's continue. Vaha Rabbi Yovau Yati Vamatni Baramsha B'Tfilin Alave. We see, but once Rabbi Yovau walked, we saw him learning with Tfilin on a nighttime. So the Gemara says, Metzarin Ayol Kamin Pikrin Hayol Biado. So what he would do, he would actually shift it off its place. So it would be, in other words, he didn't stop learning to take off his fillin, but he'd move in in such a way that it wasn't being yotzedechi or tefillin, and therefore it was like he was holding it in his hand. Okay? Kamin pikadon, as Reb Chaim says you should read, hayu biadon. Okay? Not pikrin, pikadon. So it by meimar, lo mar elahanoten, avalamiu alamibuyom mutar. Now the understanding is, it's not the issue, the issue is, is only putting on tefillin at night time, but if they're on him, then it'd be okay. And another understanding of it by Meir Mitzvah Tam, the Mitzvah is Adshi Tichale Regel Minashuk. That the Mitzvah, <laughs> familiar Lashon here, that the Mitzvah actually to wear Tfilin, you can wear them into nighttime until people have, you know, cleared out from the market. So while people are still coming home. Now the question, what's Adshi Tichale Regel Minashuk got to do with it? We understand what it's got to do with Hanukkah. That's because of Prusumanissa. So 
you might want to attempt to draw parallels between them, but Rakhaim explains as follows. These last two opinions says you can wear them into the night. Or It says, It says, really, these two opinions hold that nighttime is mantfilin. But really, Chachamim says, oh, I don't want you to fill it with nighttime because you might fall asleep in them. And you might uh, pass wind and the like. But they simply what's called asmuchua alkra. They sort of attach this dinner de Rabbanan um, associated with the Pasuk on the Torah. We talk about different ways to understand asmach than that's why one mandama says is that the harchaka is only until the point where people start coming home and then people start going to sleep. That's when the harchaka is. Okay? It's associated with the then. Not got to do with Hanukkah. Okay? And it was for this reason that you can't put them on, but you don't have to take them off. In other words, that's the two ways of understanding in terms of how the Chachamim dealt with the reason behind why they didn't want to wear a pair of people, want people to wear it at night time. Okay, let's just do a little bit more. Let's get to the two dots because I want to finish the sugya. It says, Fine. So, says, you know, we can learn it from the following. Meaning, we learned right? Yamima was to exclude Yamim Tovim. He says, no, I can actually learn from here. Because the Torah says should be a, a sign on you, meaning according to the Korbanet, it says those days that require an ot a sign. They need a sign to show that we are holding on to the Torah and, and upholding the whole Torah of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. That's when you wear tefillin. The whole essence of a Shabbos and Yom Tov speaks volumes that we're fulfilling, fulfilling the words of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and therefore that's why Tefillin is not needed on those uh, one on those days. The Gemara says one second. You were just Dorish before. It's from Yamima from which we learn that you don't wear tefillin on, on Shabbos and Yontem. Now you're learning from Vayalachot. So there, for interesting pshat, he says meaning call mila delo machavra masmechin al min atrin segin. Meaning any time the Chachamim have something that's not clear, they will associate it with many different psukim. Ari Reb Chaim. He says that anything that's not clear and they associate it with Psukim. And you'll find that the smach that they'll do will asmuchu akra harbe. So it's not like a proper drash minatora wheel here. We see it's an asmachta, but as soon as it goes into the realms of an asmachta, well then, no, you don't bring in kashas that you're learning from lots of different places, because that's exactly what chachamim do when there's an asmachta. They'll attach it to lots of different places, and it's not a kasha of why you bring it from lots of different places. Okay? Um, so, okay, we'll let me pick up from here tomorrow. Call to have a good day.